0: This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, PWI senior writer Al Castle. Welcome back. I'm flying solo this week as my co-host, uh, Dan Murphy, is on assignment. But I do have two big guests uh, this week. They're going to join me in just a few moments. Uh, firstly, uh, we'll be talking to Stephanie Johnson, who is the sales director for Zinio, which is a PWI's digital partner, and uh, she's going to be talking a bit about our latest uh, venture, something we've been excited about for a long time that we finally get to announce. Some of you may have already discovered this on your own, and it is the launch of the PWI mobile app uh, that is uh, available on iTunes, your App Store, Google Play, what have you, um, a new way to check out uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine, custom-made for your mobile device, a lot of fun, and Stephanie uh, knows all about it, so we're going to be talking to her in just a few minutes, and later on, uh, we're going to be talking to John Chapman, who is um, the biographer of Jimmy Superfly Snuka. He was the ghostwriter for uh, Jimmy's autobiography some years back, and um, obviously with Jimmy's passing, was uh, I, I thought to reach out to him and talk a bit about his life, his legacy. Obviously, a lot of the controversy that surrounded Jimmy in the um, final years and even days leading up to his passing, um, he's got a lot of insight uh, in that, in as much as it was actually uh, some material in the book that uh, John uh, co-wrote that uh, led to the investigation uh, being reopened in the uh, death of Nancy Argentino all those years ago. Uh, So uh, some heavy subject matter for sure, um, but I think really interesting, really newsworthy, and um, thank uh, John a lot for taking the time uh, to talk to me. Uh, And obviously it's been a while since uh, we've been here, so uh, I've got a lot of news to cover and uh, thoughts to share on um, the Royal Rumble, the Elimination Chamber, and obviously now being on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, even this many weeks beforehand, it looks like most of the card is coming together. We get a sense of what, what WrestleMania 33 uh, is going to look like. I'll share some thoughts. There are things I like. There are things I am not so crazy about, and uh, we will break it all down in just a moment. Before that, uh, let me talk to you a bit about Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and uh, as I mentioned, Stephanie's going to join me uh, in a moment to talk about the PWI app. But before we do that, why don't we talk about good old print edition of PWI? I've got the latest issue in front of me. It is the 2016 Year in Wrestling, one of the biggest issues uh of the year featuring our 2016 achievement awards and so much more uh I say it all the time but this is not one of those destination issues that uh long before I was writing for PWI uh or even had any money to buy PWI this was the one that uh, I had to go out of my way to to pick it up this obviously the PWI 500 uh just looking at the the contents here and as I said we've got the achievement awards you know rookie of the year Inspir- inspirational wrestler of the year match of the year tag team of the year wrestler of the year um, it, it's all here. Dan and I uh, went through all this in the last uh podcast. But if you uh really want to break down uh why the fans picked who they picked and uh even look at some of the the choices uh they did not make, some, some of the snubs, um, you definitely want to go through the achievement awards uh 2016, the urine review, uh, tons of, of photos, some photos that you've never seen before. Um, we, we touch on the 10 biggest stories of, of the year. We've got the unofficial official awards, which are always good for a laugh. Um, memories of 2016 from the PWI staff uh, and and so much more. Obviously, the usual features, uh, Stu Sachs from the desk of, uh, you got a ringside with Harry Burkett, Mike Bussler's Independent Roundup, uh, Dan's International Report, and uh, on and on. The PWI official ratings, uh, always a, a highlight of the magazine. Um, all here in the latest Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine, the thing to do is to go to pwi-online.com, pick it up, subscribe, and save up to half off the, um, even more, 52% off the uh, the cover price. Um, And if you want to just buy a single issue, that's fine, too. You can do all that at pwi.com. pwi-online.com, that is. And as I mentioned, our uh, latest venture is the new PWI app. Uh, We've partnered with Zinio for years now, and um, I always talk about how great the digital edition looks and how it is uh, certainly uh, more timely and looks great on your uh, desktop or tablet what have you. Um, This absolutely takes it to the next step. This is customized for your mobile device. Um, Took a lot of work to put this together and uh, to talk to us a bit more about the PWI uh, app. Uh, Joining me now is Zinio sales director Stephanie Johnson. Stephanie, thank you so much for for joining me to talk about this uh, exciting new project for uh, PWI and Zinio, our digital partner. Uh, Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about the brand new PWI app?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, So we launched with PWI. Um, We noticed that they had this great market um, that wasn't being reached. And so we wanted to partner with them um, to make certain that they were able to capture their audience really in all forms. And so what we did is we created a responsive, interactive app um, for their title. So their reader is able to engage with their content wherever they may be. Um, And most of the time we found that that's on a mobile device. So we try to bring their content to life um, by allowing the reader to read their favorite magazine, um, look at videos within the app, and really just connect with the brand overall.
0: Yeah, I've got it open in front of me uh, now, and I've been playing with it for a couple weeks now since I found out about it. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, PWI obviously has been uh, partnering with Zinio for a number of years on the, the digital edition yep. of the magazine, which was essentially kind of like a PDF. I mean, it was a, a exactly. digital reproduction of the pages. This is not the case. This is uh, built specifically for, for your device. Um, the, the text obviously is all recreated on your phone, but but it isn't, you know, kind of, again, a snapshot of the magazine. It's laid out differently uh, for your mobile device. Um, the photos are again laid out differently than in magazine, but all the content is there, and it's interactive too. Why don't you, you talk a bit about some of the interactive features?
1: Absolutely. So you make a great point. Um, most in the past, it was just a PDF replica, but now we have made it into a reflowed design for your specifically for your mobile device. So the reader has a lot of options available to them. So not only can you change the text mode um, from nighttime to daytime, the text size. Um, but there's a great social sharing capability. So if you're reading an article and you want to share it with a friend, you can text it, tweet it, share it on Facebook. Um, we have a great social portal so you can connect with YouTube, Instagram, and Pinterest. Um, they, we also have a great ability to connect the reader with the um, PWI website. So you have an RSS feed. Um, And then we have a search capability. So if there is a Rustler that's of interest to you, you can search across the entire library um, and essentially create an entire catalog of content that's relevant to you. So it's so much more than just flipping through a digital replica. We really make it responsive and interactive for the reader.
0: Yeah, just uh, using the search, as as we're talking, the, the search feature for the first time and just put in my name, uh, and pulled up some stuff that I wasn't even aware was in the uh, the latest <laughs> magazine. I guess in, in uh, this is our big year-end issue, the achievement awards, yeah. and uh, apparently something from me made like the quotes of the year. So surprised to find that out. But yeah, I mean, you're talking something that has never been available in the print edition. This available uh, this um, uh, ability to search for a specific uh, name or a keyword, uh, which is really cool. Where if you've got a uh, a certain Japanese wrestler or an independent wrestler or something like that, if you wanted to search by promotion, New Japan, NJPW, or uh, TNA, or ROH, you'd put it right into the uh, the magnifying glass here, and it will take you anywhere in the magazine uh, where uh, it's mentioned. That's really cool. Uh,
1: exactly, and oh, so I was going to say, and to your point, if it's something that you know that you're going to want to reference at another, you know, later in time, you can bookmark, that story. And like I said, you essentially create like many issues of content and search items that are of interest to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the sharing function that you talked about, uh, it's also really cool too, because I know, in my circle, the, the, the writers at PWI and some fans very often um, on our Twitter or our Facebook or something, we want to share uh, an article. And I know sometimes you resort to like screen captures or something like that um, of, of a digital edition or even literally taking a picture of the magazine with your phone. Um, so this is just seamless and, and super easy uh, and really just looks great. You know, you hit this button and it goes from... Black te- text on white background to white text on yeah. black uh, background. Very, very neat. Um, and another thing that I noticed that I think we were doing some with the digital uh, edition before, but again, a lot easier, more seamless here, is um, there are some links to, to video uh, and stuff. I know, um, I think I was looking at the um, the awards and saw the the rookie of the year who was uh, Nia Jax, and uh, there was some kind of icon. I think it was like a video icon that you click on, and it took yeah. me to YouTube, and it was um, – Anaya Jack's match uh, from, from WWE's account. So uh, you can talk a bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the interactivity, especially the video portion, um, is very compelling for readers. So you can read a story, um, and unlike anything in the past, whether it was a digital edition or even print, um, you get to read that same article, but then you get to really immerse yourself with the content, and you are able to either watch a video embedded within the story or take yourself you know, to that match, um, within the YouTube channel. Um, and there you can explore relevant content, um, but all without having to leave your app. So it's this great functionality. Um, we're, we're really trying to work with publishers, especially PWI to bring their content to life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe you could
0: talk about the future of this, you know, Something we unfortunately hear all the time, this idea that wrestling magazines are, the, you know, it's a dinosaur, it's an antiquated kind of concept. Um, and that's something that's going on ac- across print publishing, obviously. Uh, but but I know more and more, whether it's newspapers, magazines, uh, more companies are moving toward this model. Uh, what does Zinio's vision for, for the future uh, of PWI and its other titles through apps like this?
1: That's a great question. Um, I definitely agree with you. I know that you know we hear all the time that print and magazine is dying, but we just don't see think that to be the case. Um, we really do think it's more about bringing your content to where the reader is, and we have data that shows that that's on a mobile device. So by bringing your content to life, by making it creative, by making it interactive, um, you're able to keep your reader engaged. Um, some things that we think we envision based on the analysis and data that we've conducted is more of um, an instant kind of mini issues. So Mm -hmm. we're noticing um, through the data we collect from our platform that you made a good point. If you have a, you know, a favorite artist or a favorite wrestler um, and you search within that content, um, you're going to yield a lot of results within the app. And what we're noticing is that, A lot of readers are wanting more specific content available to them, Um, so we're seeing a big push for mini issues that focus on um, smaller, more specific topics within the content itself, Um, but we definitely have seen a surge in app downloads and interactions with the magazines once the publisher, like PWI, has transformed their content from just purely a digital replica into something that's interactive and the reader can constantly engage with in a very personal way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a really exciting project for all of us. Uh, and uh, yeah, you guys need content. That's what we're here for. We, we love to put this stuff together. Hopefully tomorrow work for us. <laughs> Um, can you talk a bit about sort of the uh, the nuts and bolts, the logistics of how fans can check this out?
1: Absolutely. So fans can either—it's very simple. Um, they can either go into um, the Google Play Store if they're on an Android device, or um, the Apple iTunes Store if they have, uh, you know, a smartphone. An apple smartphone all they have to do is search for pwi it's that simple um, the app will pop up and they have the option to download um, if they're already an existing subscriber they can use their login information um, and if it's something that they're wanting to check out then they can either sign up to become a subscriber or they can buy um, a single issue one off
0: right right so if you are uh, a subscriber uh, y- this doesn't replace the digital edition, does it? I mean, the what was kind of the PDF uh, a form, the replica of the magazine, some people might prefer that. Is that still accessible to them?
1: Absolutely. Yep. This is just a wonderful ad- in addition. Um, you, PWI still offers their digital replica. We know that there are fans out there who prefer to read the content on maybe a laptop or their desktop the tablet. Um, but for the fans who prefer to read it on a mobile interactive, um, then that is why the app is available for them on the phone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've been seeing the praises of the digital edition for years and how great it looks on, on your, your device. And it does. Uh, but again, some people not be crazy, might not be crazy about having to move around, scroll around to, uh, uh get to a certain part of a page, um, this is again it's formulated just for your phone the text fits snugly inside the dimensions of your phone all laid out uh, just perfectly looks great and uh yeah we're really excited about this this new venture uh stephanie thank you so much this is a lot of fun it took a lot of weeks for us to put this together glad we could uh <laughs> finally talk and uh yeah i'm gonna keep playing with this thing
1: great thank you so much for your time
0: all right thank you stephanie all right, so let's talk a little current events here, and this is going to be fun. I get to just uh, listen to myself speak. Um, you get to just hear uh, my thoughts on some stuff, and uh, I certainly have a lot. As I said, it's been a little while since we've joined you. The Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber have both passed. Uh, so it, in that time, we've had two new WWE champions. John Cena both won uh, his 16th world title and then lost it a couple of weeks later to Bray Wyatt in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, two new women's champs on on both brands, uh, Naomi on one side winning it. Uh, at the Elimination Chamber, and uh, Bailey picking it up from Charlotte on Raw this past week. And as I mentioned, most of the WrestleMania 33 lineup seems to be uh, in place. Um, There's still a lot of people on the roster who don't seem to be slotted in the match. Um, I expect that there's going to be at least a couple of these uh person matches whether it's another IC title uh ladder match certainly the under the giant giant battle Royals. so i think a lot of these guys would fall uh, into place there uh but let's talk about some of of um uh, the biggest developments and some of what looked to be the key matches at Wrestlemania uh, uh the biggest would surprise i would say is the uh the likely slotting of Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton as the WWE championship match uh at Wrestlemania Bray winning the title from John Cena at the Elimination Chamber and Randy winning uh, the Royal Rumble. I'd say both of those, um, just a month ago, seemed very, very unlikely um, that that Randy would win the Rumble, that Bray would be the world title uh, holder uh, heading into WrestleMania, and that that would be the world title... Main event, I say in quotes, because obviously there are some marquee matches that are going to upstage this, but this is the you know what I call the real world title. this is the one to the, with the lineage back to bruno san martino and and buddy rogers, and um it it 's certainly a main event uh, of WrestleMania. and i got to say, I mean in terms of marquee value it's it 's not uh very strong now. can they pull off something really special i don't doubt it i mean you 're talking about two super talented uh, uh veterans um certainly Randy Orton and uh match quality wise i think it could be fine um w- with some other big matches on the card i wonder how much time they'll get uh but you know i'm i'm a strong believer that that wrestlemania is not just about putting on good matches uh it's about putting on big matches i mean it's the reason that wrestlemania 3 was headlined by Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and not Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat because it it so much of it is marquee value. And uh, again, as far as marquee value goes, this this wouldn't just be one of the weakest world title matches at a WrestleMania. This would be one of the weakest world title matches at, at any pay-per-view, really, uh, in some time. And it's not meant as a slight against uh, either guy, but it's just a reality that these are two guys um, that I think most fans did, did not perceive as being top, top acts. Um, even in, in the SmackDown brand, um, which... I know the the idea of putting SmackDown live on Tuesdays was to, to remove that stigma of them being the B brand, but if anything screams B brand, it is Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for the world title. Um, You know, and it it reminds me of when, you know, the waning days of the World Heavyweight Championship, the the SmackDown world title, uh, when they were opening WrestleMania with it, whether it was Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan in whatever it was, 16 seconds, 18 seconds, or uh, Alberto Del Rio versus Jack Swagger at WrestleMania 29. I mean, these were not strong main event matchups, but the reality was that, that that title wasn't all that important. And with a match like this, it kind of feels like um, the same thing. Now, again, I I think there's a lot more story to be told. At at the moment, the match is not on with Randy Orton saying that he would not um, challenge Bray White for for the title uh, because of his allegiance to the White family. So I think there are several more chapters to be told between now and uh, WrestleMania. And I'm sure they can do a lot to uh, make people want to see this match and and one thing I, I've said for years, and I, and I feel very strongly about, is that WWE's creative team um, really kicks it into the next gear, starts banging on all cylinders uh, around WrestleMania season. I think part of that is you see uh, wrestlers, certainly top wrestlers, take more ownership of their storylines around WrestleMania season, uh, and that's always a good thing when when wrestlers have uh, a say in their storyline, in their character. Uh, it it again, I. I I think it's almost always a good thing uh, for for wrestlers to be involved. Um, But again, forget about how good this match could be, how good the storyline for this match could be. Uh, It's just, uh, if I told you a year ago or even a month ago that the world title match at WrestleMania would be these two, uh, you would be surprised. Um, That said... John Cena, who um, I, I very much expected would be slotted into a top match at WrestleMania. The talked about match for him now is a tag team match with him and uh, his girlfriend, Nikki Bella, uh, teaming against uh, The Miz and his wife, uh, Maurice. On one hand, uh, super happy for, for The Miz if this is the case. Uh, I'd love to see him to get this kind of rub uh, in a, a featured match at WrestleMania with the biggest star in wrestling. I think um for a long while now this is one of the best things on WWE uh and again certainly deserves a, a feature role at WrestleMania uh but god I mean this is going to be now the fourth WrestleMania I think um that Cena does not headline and uh it's just crazy to me uh, uh for for my money and I don't even think it it's um a subjective thing i think almost objectively you could say that john cena remains the biggest star in wrestling um i know and and i imagine a lot of this has to do with uh his his own wanting to do something else and and pulling uh, away a little bit from a full time schedule and I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he even insisted on not taking up a main event spot to open it up for some other wrestlers. And if it's the case that John Cena's uh not going to be full time going forward, which is fine. If anybody's earned um, wanting to take off as much time as he wants to, it, it's John Cena. Uh, so but but that said, I still feel like it's a waste of, of wrestling's biggest star to have him in a match like this. You know, when, when he came back. Uh, some months ago, leading up to the rumble, as uh, soon as he came into the ring, everybody was chanting Undertaker. I think that's the match that that people want to see. I think that's a match that makes uh, a ton of sense. Uh, it's a match people have wanted to see for years. It's it's sort of the 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 big WrestleMania match that's never happened, and with every year that goes by, it becomes less and less likely. Um, certainly, in the Undertaker's case, you got to think, uh, with with every year that passes. He comes closer to, to retirement, um, even if he is down to basically one match a year. And uh, John Cena's getting up there, too. You know, I think he turns 40 this year. Uh, it, it does get to the point of sort of, you know, now or never. And without any really obvious uh, opponents or, or matches that you have to do for for either of them this year, I'm surprised they didn't go with this. I mean, uh, it, it's a without a world title on the line with essentially 2 part par-timers, um, facing each other in, in a key matchup at WrestleMania, it's relatively easy to book. You could have Undertaker go over on, on John Cena, uh, no problem. I, I would have protected John Cena a lot more if you were doing that match. I, I'd be protecting him more anyway. I mean, I can't believe how much he's losing on TV. Um, but, you know, this is just a, a really surprising. I mean, the guy, um, is when he's in there, is at the top of his game, and... Um, just think about that match with, with uh, AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble where he won his 16th world title. You take that exact match, uh, exactly as it it uh, was executed and the build-up to it and the 16th uh, world title, the history behind that, and you, you know, copy-paste or cut-and-paste out of the Royal Rumble, paste it onto WrestleMania, and it is absolutely a WrestleMania-worthy uh, world title match and uh, uh, a WrestleMania-worthy moment, um, John winning his 16th world title in what was a match of the year uh, candidate for sure against AJ Styles, who certainly deserves a, uh, a a key matchup at WrestleMania. We'll talk a bit about what's rumored for him, and uh, you talk about disappointing. Um, so, yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, maybe it's the reality of seeing of a kind of um, a winding down some that we're going to see him in, in more and more of, of these kind of matches, whether it was Bray Wyatt a few years ago at WrestleMania or Rusev uh, two years ago, uh, or he was injured last year, but just did that then angle with, with the rock, which he was really barely in at all, but you know, healthy, um, athletically still, I think in, in his prime and still really over with fans, um, which is really kind of a, a rare commodity these days. I'm surprised that they didn't slot him for something Uh, bigger at WrestleMania, whether he's going to be around for the long term or not. And if he's not going to be around for the long term, to me, the Undertaker match makes all the sense in the world. Um, What else? On the Raw side, the big match obviously is going to be uh, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, uh, kind of the, it's not a rubber match because Lesnar's uh, lost twice, uh, but, but the trilogy match. And uh, I absolutely think that's fine. I think that is absolutely a WrestleMania uh, main event level match um i was uneasy about them going with this because to me uh, survivor series was such a perfect uh, way to do that match that i thought the rematch might lose something but they've done a nice job over uh, months since uh, survivor series really building to the rematch and i thought uh, goldberg's quick disposal of lesnar at at the royal rumble was uh, a fun extra chapter i mean showing that it wasn't a fluke it wasn't a one off uh, goldberg really does have lesnar's number and um, I think they could go with a little longer match. It's going to have to be cor- uh, carefully choreographed. Uh, might have some of those bowling shoe tendencies that Jim Ross used to always talk about. Uh, but with the Universal Title on the line, and I would expect Lesnar to win this one. Uh, it, it could it could really be something special, and uh, could launch WWE uh, the Raw brand certainly into what, what uh, it'll be for much of the rest of the year if, if that universal title is around the waist of, of Brock Lesnar. I got no qualms with that. Um, Lesnar, you may know, uh, officially retired from MMA yet again uh, a couple of weeks ago. So it does seem like he is going to be focused and dedicated to his WWE responsibilities for this year. And, and the word is that he's going to be taking more matches and be a lot uh, more active. Uh, so... <clears throat> yeah, I, I think this is a, a good way to get him off to that start. And um I think there is a, a way for, for Goldberg to certainly lose with some dignity and respect and get the swan song uh at WrestleMania. If it's the case that he's he's done, who knows if he's just got the bug and um will we'll, we'll want to stick around for some, some more feuds and uh at least cosmetically he's looked good enough and um has performed well enough and and gotten fans behind him that I wouldn't mind seeing him Uh, stick around in in some capacity. Uh, Related to this is uh, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, and I'm assuming Owens loses the title uh, to Goldberg at uh, Fastlane. Um, We saw what I think a lot of people were expecting to happen before WrestleMania, maybe a little earlier than we expected in... um, Oh, went to Jericho, finally splitting on, on Raw uh, last Monday night. I thought that angle was so well executed. I really loved it. I, I enjoyed the festival of friendship. I got a kick out of it. I love the painting, <laughs> the, the creation uh, of Kevin. And I was genuinely uh, genuinely surprised when, when Kevin turned on him, um, in part because of the timing. I I thought they would do this closer to... Uh, uh WrestleMania and after a fast lane, and in part because uh it would seem that Owens is going to remain the bad guy here the heel and it's Jericho that's going to uh, turn babyface and um it it's not what I would have expected nor necessarily the route I would have gone uh but I'm I'm willing to see it play out I mean certainly Kevin Owens is a fantastic heel and we've seen Jericho be a, a very effective babyface uh but in both those roles, I think that those guys are kind of known commodities. We we know what Kevin Owens can do as a heel, and we know what Chris Jericho can do as a babyface. And now uh, entering his mid forties, as great as Jericho is, uh, I I don't think he is the answer to uh, the the dearth of of over babyfaces in WWE and and on Raw specifically. Um, I think he could do just find a job, but but it's not like he is the young, exciting new. Uh, a thing and and the answer to some of WWE's uh, issues. So I I would have been a lot more curious uh, about what Kevin Owens can do in that role. And I think uh, when they finally pull the trigger on Owens um, turning into uh, a good guy, and and it wouldn't be a traditional good guy, obviously. I mean, I think it'd be kind of this anti-hero Steve Austin kind of a good guy. I think that could really be something special. Um, So I thought this would be where where they would do it, uh, but but it's not looking that way. Uh, again, there there may be more more chapters to this story to be told between now and WrestleMania, uh, so who knows. But certainly Jericho versus Owens at WrestleMania is a WrestleMania-worthy uh, feature match, uh, and, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think those guys could, could absolutely steal the show. Uh, other big matches that look likely, obviously Seth Rollins and Triple H. There's some question about Seth Rollins with him re-injuring his knee in the angle with Samoa Joe. uh, But word is that they are going to go forward with that match. You know, this feels like kind of the classic triple H WrestleMania match over the last 10 years, where because it's triple H it's treated as this huge deal, even if um the fans maybe don't view it that way. And, um, You know, I don't doubt that it can be fine. I mean, certainly Seth Rollins is world-class, and Triple H at his best is uh, one of the greatest of of the last quarter century. Uh, But the reality is uh, a lot of times over the last uh, 10, 15 years at WrestleMania in these big positions, uh, uh, Triple H has disappointed in his matches, whether it was Randy Orton at WrestleMania 25, which I thought was just a terrible match, um, last year with Roman Reigns, and, and I know some people will... Uh, say that Roman Reigns deserves some of the the blame for that one, uh, but there are other examples: Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 18, a uh, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 29, uh, a Sting even a couple of years ago. Um, and, and you know, there are different views on, on on that match. Some people loved it; some people did not love it. I very much did not love it. Uh, so, you got a little qualms about how how this one will be executed, and I'm just not that crazy about it. I mean, I, 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 it, it's being built up like a dream match, and obviously that was the point from from the beginning, from Seth joining the authority, from him adopting the pedigree uh, as his finisher. Uh, It was all with a vision uh, toward this match, and I guess it's finally coming. But frankly, I don't know. I'm just not all that interested in seeing it. I think it, it could be fine. It would bother me if it got that high a placement on the card, over some other matches, um, it would just feel a little bit sort of oblivious uh, if it was like, I don't know, second from the top, third from the top, what have you. Um, what else do we have? Uh, you know, going back to AJ Styles, the rumored match, and, and there have been some hints dropped dropped on uh, a SmackDown over the last week, is it's going to be AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. Uh, this kind of being the consolation prize for Shane, who uh, word is originally intended to work with Brock Lesnar, and that that might have been even more of a fiasco. Uh but this is just such a letdown. I mean AJ Styles, PWI twenty sixteen wrestler of the year, um just just nobody has meant more to WWE than AJ Styles over the last year, absolutely the MVP, and um in the conversation for the best wrestler in the world right now. And uh just such a disappointment that at at WrestleMania, uh his second WrestleMania now, because he worked last year with Chris Jericho, and that was fine, even though he had to lose that match, uh which which I question that, but, but WWE, I think, at the time, wasn't really sold on, on AJ. He was still kind of the newcomer, earning his stripes in WWE. A year in now, I think everybody knows what the guy brings to the table. Uh, so it just seems like a waste and a shame to partner him with... Uh, I'm sorry, but he's a, a non-wrestler um, in, in what will basically be a freak show match. Now, that said, you know, I I totally uh, I can see this being... A really entertaining match. I mean, it kind of reminds me of uh, Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels years ago at, at SummerSlam. Um, I expect AJ to be creating a lot of movement, uh, as they say in there. Um, but I think because the the size difference isn't difference isn't that much, the temptation is going to be to really kind of treat them as equals in there, uh, uh, more so than. Um, even as uh, preposterous as as Undertaker and Shane McMahon was last year in Hell in a Cell, with Undertaker occasionally selling for for Shane, um, I could see you know this match almost being both fifty fifty, which is just absurd. Um, and and I just you know w- with the wealth of talent on WWE's roster, both the main roster and NXT, guys like Nakamura and and Joe coming up now, uh, and, and just as much potential as there is to put AJ in something special even if it was just John Cena again or uh almost anybody Dean Ambrose, you know, what have you um The Miz, I don't know. Uh to to put him in there with Shane McMahon it's just you know the reality is Shane McMahon should not have a match at all at WrestleMania. Uh um you know and if you're going to do something with him I don't know. I mean I'm not sure what it would be. Uh but but when the the best wrestler on your roster right now. Um to partner him with a whatever he is, a fifty year old executive, boss's son, um, you know, who is in great shape and and we know can do some amazing athletic things. Uh and uh again, I think this'll be better than Undertaker and Shane McMahon last year, which I absolutely hated. Uh but still it's just, you know, WrestleMania comes around once a year. AJ's coming up on forty as well. Um and you wish he would get something um to to recognize all his contributions over the last year something to really let him shine on on the biggest stage uh in Orlando this year um what else do we have uh again with the two women's title uh, changes uh it it it's looking like you're going to have Charlotte defending the title at WrestleMania Naomi uh, defending the title at WrestleMania her hometown i don't expect either of those matches uh certainly the Naomi match to be that much of a a, a marquee match. Uh, Maybe it becomes a multiple-person match. And um, I don't know if it's Charlotte and and Bayley yet again at WrestleMania and Charlotte winning the title uh, once more. It's kind of becoming um, sort of a joke with with Charlotte dropping the title on Raw seemingly every other week and then picking it back up at a pay-per-view. I I get where they're going with this pay-per-view streak, the the new streak, but I'm not crazy about it. I almost wish they'd, they'd, they'd... stop it sooner than later because <clears throat> different than the undertaker streak i mean uh it was one match a year that he had to win but basically you're you're booking charlotte to have to win on pay-per-view every month and uh there's certainly an issue of of believability with that i mean if she was winning everything always including on raw it'd be one thing but why would she just win on pay-per-view uh and and when you get to do it too much I think the the outcomes of these matches become predictable. So um I wouldn't mind seeing her losing in this position, uh you know, and and, and if it's Bailey defending the title, maybe Bailey retaining it at WrestleMania and and uh, the shock of that Charlotte finally dropping a match on pay-per-view. Um and uh not mentioned here, but it it still looks like from some of the the highlight videos that they put together that they intend to do Shaquille O'Neal and the big show um, you know, I, I don't think anybody's got, uh, any, any illusions of, of this being a, a key featured match. I think years ago it would have been, my thought is that they're going to use this to pick up a little bit of mainstream publicity, but not feature it, feature it, you know, particularly prominently on the WrestleMania card. Maybe it reminds me a little bit of a uh, big show in Akibono back at uh, WrestleMania 21. So, um, I think this is, you know, f- four minutes in the middle of the show and, and, uh, Shaquille goes over on him. well, um, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. And that's it. I mean, there's always the hope of some kind of surprise, whether it's Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey or what have you. Who knows if they still have that rabbit to pull out of their hat. But if this is the card, um, I, I'm not going to say it's not WrestleMania worthy. I mean, there's there's certainly a lot of big, big matches here. Um, you know, there. I I would have done some shuffling around. I mean, particularly when it comes to AJ Styles and, and John Cena, I wish both of them were in something more important. And maybe the easy way to accomplish that is to have put them against each other at WrestleMania. And uh, again, if they did what they did at the rumble at WrestleMania, uh, boy, would that be WrestleMania worthy easily. So uh, there you go Uh, between now and uh, whatever it is, end of March, early April, I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot more about this card, including with uh, Dan in the coming weeks uh for the moment uh let's shift to my interview with with john Chap- chapman um just a little background on him and you you can uh read his work uh at let's look this up make sure i've got it right for you uh, folks um well he he contributes to the huffington post um it's j o n c h a t t m a n and um, he also has a website uh, called uh, Asides with John Chapman, and it's this is asides.com, um, where he writes and talks about uh, music and pop culture and uh, all kinds of stuff, and um, also a wrestling fan. That's how we ended up doing uh, Jimmy Snuka a bit. Uh, again, a little bit of, of some heavy subject matter uh, up ahead, um, but uh, worth checking out. Here is my interview with uh, Jimmy Snuka's biographer, John Chapman. <laughs> Right now, I am joined uh, by John Chapman, who collaborated with uh, the late Jimmy Snuka on his uh, autobiography. It came out about uh, four years ago now, uh, Superfly, the Jimmy Snuka story. Uh, Hi, John. Thank you for being with us.
2: Hey, my pleasure.
0: So, yeah, I reached out to you. um, Obviously, uh, it's been a few weeks now since the untimely death of uh, Jimmy and... um, because of everything that's happened in the last few years, uh, leading up to this, uh, a lot of it, you know, having to do with, with the book you helped put together, I thought I'd touch base with you, uh, get your thoughts on all of it. Uh, uh, first, let me let me just ask, in general, what was your reaction uh, to his passing? I don't know what kind of relationship you kept with him, but uh, was it something that that took you by surprise, or, or did he have reason to, uh, to to see this coming?
2: No, I mean it. it... It definitely, uh, threw me, you know, it was definitely kind of shocking for me. Um, we, we hadn't, we'd lost touch, um, obviously due to the, uh, you know, all the, all the, I'll just say the personal matters that was going on. Um, but I'll say that, you know, for, I guess, two or three years, we were buddies, you know, and, um. While writing, writing the book, um, we spoke, um, and I spoke with his wife pretty much every day, and um, spoke with his peers every day, and spoke with, um, and just, just basically just got inside his head and, and, you know, sat down, wrote the book, and then really got to know him, and um, through press tours and rewrites and edits and stuff during, you know, your usual uh, book process. Um, I, I considered him a friend. I mean, I, I love the guy and, um, unfortunately the, the past couple of years, I, I really wasn't able to speak to him, um, which, which was a bummer and didn't really get to say goodbye. So, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely, definitely, um, it hit me hard. I'll say that much.
0: So, uh, yeah, let's talk a bit about, um, the Nancy Argentino story. Um, Everything that came out of it over the last couple of years, you know, th- there's a lot of thought that what uh, uh, Jimmy and you wrote about that incident in the book led to um, the, the case being reopened, him being indicted uh, and, and everything that happened right up until the case being dismissed some weeks ago. I- is that something that he wanted to address? Was it uh, did you push him to address it?
2: No, I didn't push him at all. I mean, right from the get-go, you know, the one—the one constant with Jimmy was that he kept saying, "I want the truth. I want the truth. I want the whole story," and um, it it was never one of those deals where, you know, you know, you must put this in. Uh, You know, it wasn't one of those things. Um, I did ask him initially, like, you know, will you comment on it, stuff like that. He he really wanted a well-rounded, and it's even in the book. I mean, it's it's even in my thank yous to him that you know from the get-go he he wanted it to be his complete story, and unfortunately, that chapter um, in his life, you know, um, was part of it. It was part of his life, so you know he wanted it
0: included. Uh, Can you talk a bit about? that part of it, I mean, um, was there concern on your part? Are we going too deep into this? Are we not going deep enough? Uh, did you think that it had the potential to reopen some of this?
2: No, I mean, I don't, I don't think there was ever a concern about, about it reopening. And for me as an author, I just, you know, I wanted, at the end of the day, this is his book. So um, I wanted him comfortable with whatever was being said. And you know we're we're talking about probably a day or two um you know maybe you know under an hour conversation mm-hmm. in the span of a three month period of putting the book together um, you know the Nancy's uh situation was a year you know i mean it was it was eighty three
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and the book covered his entire life so um in terms of uh, ever thinking that it would reopen a case, no. It, it was the whole, again, just him and I really just wanting to tell his story. Um, so I,
0: I did did can... his uh, memory of that incident seem pretty clear? In, in Again, and you said it's just an hour uh, about an incident that happened more than 30 years uh, earlier. Uh, yeah, but I did mean, he seem pretty clear on yeah. what happened?
2: Yeah, I mean, everything with Jimmy, I mean, everything with him um, in terms of the book on every subject, you're talking about 30 years ago um, with a lot of this stuff, even longer. So it did early on um, in the process take some time for him to kind of remember everything, and then it started coming back. but. I'll say this and, and, and that's not about Nancy. I'm saying about his like old wrestling days mm-hmm. and, you know, working the territories, that kind of stuff. But in terms of the Nancy situation, um, no, I mean, he, he told me the story. Um, I asked him the question a couple of times. Uh, I, I went online and I mean, there's some, there was a lot of stuff, um, that I had also heard that I took to him and, um, his story never wavered. Um, and, and the way it's in the book is the way that it was told to me. It,
0: um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you ever hear from the, the Argentino family? I know uh, there was a while there where they were um, reaching out to anyone and everyone who would listen, or, or they hoped would listen, before the case got reopened. Uh, did you ever hear directly from them? No,
2: I didn't. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a ghostwriter. <laughs> you yeah, know what sure. I mean? Um, so, I mean, my, my job is basically, it, it, was, it was finding Jimmy's voice and, and basically um, just just writing his story from his point of view. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, it, I mean, it, listen, it does, as, as an author, it bums you out because you put your blood, sweat, and tears in, into a book and, and just one – one area and I know it's a touchy subject and, and I'm not minimizing Nancy's death Regard, you know, whatever happened, you know what I mean? Um, but um, I think in terms of, uh, in terms of how I felt, it, it was a little upsetting because it, it was such a, a great time for me in terms of just spending time with him and writing, writing his story. And, um, and then ultimately finding out that it's, um, the book's more defined by, yeah. you know, essentially a chapter, you
0: know? Yeah. What was that collaboration uh, like? You know, there's been a, a lot of discussion about uh, his mental state leading up to his death, and, and the judge made the decision that, that uh, his dementia was too far along for him to even um, kind of know what was going on. Did you see signs of that um uh, back then, I mean, a, a little bit of, of my own story, I interviewed him to promote the book um, when it came out four years ago, and honestly, I remember that just that interview, whatever it was, 15, 20 minutes, being a little bit challenging. I remember his wife being on the phone and um, almost having to kind of relay questions to him um, and and simplifying things, almost kind of talking to a child. Uh, was it a struggle for you sometimes dealing with him? Well, listen.
2: I mean, the, the other thing you have to know is that this this process started five years ago, mm-hmm. um, over five years ago. Uh, I started writing the book um, January of two thousand and twelve. Um, I do remember the first meeting that I was a little nervous because you know you would you would get. Um, I mean, but, listen. To know, I, I say this to everybody. Like to know Jimmy was to love Jimmy. Um, the Jimmy that I met was was a very loving guy, who was not one for a lot of words. Um, How you doing today? Everything's lovely, brother. You know, and that was <laughs> it. Um, in terms of trying to dive into his life early on, it was it. I got a lot of outside help from his peers, and what I I noticed was he was very – and listen, you know, this is going back a long time, so um, he would remember some things but not other things, and then I would talk to, you know, someone who he was with, and then they would kind of fill in the holes, and then it would be like, oh, yeah, 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 and then this happened, and then – but – but what I found really um, the most joy with was watching his wrestling matches because, you know, him watching himself, it was almost getting, like, a DVD commentary, like, right in, right in your back, you know, right right next to you, you know?
0: You watched, match, watched his matches with We're,
2: him? Yeah, you know, we watched a few, not in full. The, the, the only one that we watched in full was the Morocco one.
0: The cage and match? The,
2: yeah, and and the Morocco one... I can honestly say in the book is I I took every single thing verbatim. Mm-hmm. It was it was like it was like a treat to just um and just watch his eyes come alive and and during that whole thing. Um,
0: had it been a while since yeah. he had seen it?
2: I'm not sure. I mean i I don't even know to be honest with you. I mean i just I just know that I put it on and and he was just telling me everything that was going on everything yeah and it it was great yeah and and you know my my point of reference for for jimmy is always going to be this lovely period of time in my life where i got to know his wife and i got to know him and i got to know his peers and you know some i spoke to some of his family on on the phone and um going going out for lunches before uh before, uh, what's it called, book signings and stuff, and him always taking care of me, and and um, him and his wife just being really good to me.
0: Yeah. So, I
2: mean, that's that's my takeaway, and, you know, I'd be lying if I said that it, it hadn't been a difficult time, you know, the last couple of years, but it tells in comparison to what, what Jimmy and his wife and what the Argentinos were going through. So, sure. but, you know... All I can say is that, you know, and, you know, I, I classified it as a bummer, which, which is a very minimal word, but um, it was sad. I, I, think, I think Nancy's death is, is sad, period. Sure. You know, um, and uh, for me as a writer, if, if I personalize it at all, I just get sad because it was, it was such a beautiful time in my life. Um, mm mm-hmm and uh and you know it, it just kind of like i said it comes down to a chapter of a book
0: are, are you um are you bothered at all that his legacy a, a lot of which is captured in your book uh now has this kind of asterisk attached to it you know WWE, um there was a question of of how they would handle his pandas, his passing on television um you know whether every you know people speculated from they won't mention it at all to it being just kind of a passing mention. And they actually went a lot further than a lot of people expected. And and even to a point that a lot of people found offensive um, in in putting together a lengthy music video and, and having a lot of uh, their talent really kind of, you know, sing his praises. And they featured a lot of uh, tweets and stuff. Um, and again, some people thought that that might have been a little tone-deaf, Uh but uh, th- how about you? I mean, h- how do you think he should be remembered? Um Do you think, for better or for worse, that chapter uh, in the book and in his life inevitably has to be a big part of his legacy?
2: That's a tough call, and I, I mean, honestly, I didn't see the tribute that they did on uh, WWE, because uh, like I said, this this kind of came as a shock to me so like it was still and and i'm pretty sure that he died on a sunday so i'm pretty sure that the pa- the package whatever they put together was the next night so mm-hmm. i didn't really i didn't watch it um listen um there there's no doubt that that it's a blemish you know but i mean i think ultimately and again I, I come from this from a totally different point of view. You know, I was born after the height of his success. So um, that's not true, actually. I mean, I, I was too young to watch him at the height of his success. I think I'll, I'll just say it that way. Um, you know, my my introduction to him was WrestleMania one, where mm-hmm. he was kind of kept on the sidelines. So, but I think... Um, Listen, uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's Chris Benoit. I'll say it that much. I I, I don't think you erase him from memory, um, especially when you know. I don't really want to get into it. All, all I'll say is I think his legacy is intact, and I think ultimately you look at what he did in the ring, and it's and it's remarkable. And he was an innovator, and he inspired so many people. But it is a touchy subject. I, yeah. I can't, you know, it's, it's hard because, you know, we're, we're talking about a human life that passed away. And, and me personally, if you ask me, do you think Jimmy did it? No. I, yeah. I, I, I met him and he was the kindest man possible. Um, I just look at the whole thing as a shame because a human life did, did you know, there's a loss of a human life there. Yeah. But in terms of legacy, I I think if if you just take it for the career and him as an innovator, that's what the takeaway is going to be, um, ultimately.
0: Yeah, sort of the the double-edged sword of of the case never going to trial uh, was that he could never be convicted nor exonerated, right? So there'll always right. be this exactly. question mark ha- hanging over the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Um. Were were you a, a a fan of wrestling before uh, this, or or just something you kind of fell into working with Jimmy?
2: Oh no, I mean I I grew up, you know, with wrestling. I mean I did I did actually fall on it because I had written another book, um, and and uh, through Triumph who put out the Snooker book, so and they just said to me, "You don't happen to be a wrestling fan?" I'm like, "Of course I am. I was a Hulk maniac growing up." Why? <laughs> Um, you have any interest in doing Jimmy Snuka's book? Are you crazy? Of course I do. So, um, that's pretty much how that happened. Now I grew up, listen, I grew up a Hulkamaniac. I grew up loving, um, Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat. I was a complete child of the eighties. You know, I got swooped into wrestling from the Cindy Lauper music video from the Goonies. And, um, and I mean, I, I'm a passive watcher now. Um, I actually read the spoilers after, so I just kind of still know what's going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm a wrestler like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I imagine we're probably around the same age range, and uh, I I sympathize with you not really witnessing the, the peak of his career. And really, yeah. most of what I what I saw of Jimmy Snooker was his second run in the uh, late ALEs, 80s and early 90s, which was... Kind of forgettable. Uh, did, did he talk much about that with you? I mean, was he uh, disappointed in not being able to recapture those heights when he came back in that second run?
2: I honestly don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, again, it, it, just because it was so long ago. Um, I'm sure he said something. I'm sure it's in the book. Yeah. Um, he, he, was, he was not men spirited any time that he was speaking to me, um, you know, I'm sure he had, you know, he was obviously not happy that he got thrown to the sidelines with WrestleMania and stuff like that, but for the most part, um, there was no animosity. Um, I don't think he wanted to be a heel when he came back. Um, we're talking about the same era, right? I just want to make sure.
0: Yes, yeah.
2: Okay, just want to make sure. Um, yes. And he he just left. Everything was just very, you know, it was the only, the way that I described Jimmy when I, when I was writing the book is it was just like a breeze. Like Mm -hmm. everything would just be like, like very carefree and, um, and just very matter of fact, like, yeah, brother, I didn't want to be a bad guy. I didn't (laughs) want to be a heel, you know? And then you just moved on to the next thing, um, and then he'd get serious about some other stuff, you know, about about drugs and stuff. He was the whole book was really an open book um, yeah. about him. And um, and you know, and the, and the one critique, the constant critique that I know about my book is that there's too many brothers in there, but I cut <laughs> out some.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it really yeah. Did. did you get um, a sense that his legacy uh, mattered to him? Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, 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 th- I think, um, I think if he could, he'd still be, you know, wrestling in the past couple of years. Right. You know, if if he was able to. Um,
0: and he was able and, to make that uh, comeback at uh, WrestleMania 25 in, in the exactly. match with Jericho. Yeah. Did, did yeah. Uh, that was before your book. So, um, mm-hmm. if you talk to him about that, was that a special moment for him? I, I happen to have been there, and it was whatever it was. 60,000, 70,000 people in Houston um, had to be one of the biggest crowds he had wrestled in front of. And and what ended up being a a pretty good match, thanks in large part to Chris Jericho and Ricky Steamboat. Uh, Was that a special moment for him?
2: I don't recall. Yeah. Um, You know, it's funny the takeaways, you know, um, five years later from the book, you know. um, And for me, the whole writing always it comes down to his weightlifting days, hearing about his life in the Fiji islands, the Morocco thing, the not tonight brother or whatever it was when he didn't (laughs) want to wrestle. Cause you know, um, I know, I, I know I talked about that match. I'm sure he felt a sense of pride. I know he felt a sense of pride. Also, um, I think he tagged with his son at one point. Um,
0: that's right, his son was uh, in WWE, and his daughter was as well. Yeah,
2: um, he, he was very proud of his kids, I know that. Um, I don't remember that WrestleMania match, him talking too much about it, I know we covered it. Yeah. I mean, he always got a huge pop anytime time he came out.
0: Yeah, sure, yeah, I mean, he had that, uh, that effect on people. All right, John, thank you so much. Uh, Anything you'd want to promote? I know you've got uh, uh, the A-Sides website, which is uh, thisisasides.com, where you uh, write about music and pop culture and and what else?
2: Yeah, um, basically it's uh, music sessions um, with up-and-coming artists and established artists, and then we just sit down for a chat. Sometimes it can be – we just – Regular walks of pop culture life, where I'm doing a straight-up interview. Um, currently, in the process of writing my next book, um, which is not a wrestling book, oh, <laughs> um, <I don't. laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, primarily a sides is, is what I'm working on. And um, you know, I, I I will leave you with this. You know, it's it's very hard for me this whole this whole time because. The Jimmy I met, and listen, like you said, it never went to trial. We don't know anything, you know, at the end of the day. But the Jimmy that I know couldn't hurt anybody.
0: All right. I know it's a difficult topic to, to talk about. I'm, I, I sincerely appreciate that you took a few minutes here um, to talk about it. Um, and I definitely hope people will go and check out your, your other work. Uh, thanks so much, John. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks, man. All right, appreciate man. It. Take care.